As you know, we are in the middle of gun deer season here in the state of Wisconsin. And um, one of the challenges for the future of gun deer season and, and hunting in general is the number of people participating. And my friend Brian Reisinger joins us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline to talk about that. He wrote a great piece in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel last week. Hey, Brian. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. So I've talked about this with Paul Smith from the Journal Sentinel. I talked about it with hunters last weekend on opening weekend. And I read your piece. So you're a hunter, and you, you've participated in the hunt for, um, for quite a while. You're a younger guy than me, but you've been involved in this as somebody who has a family farm. What do you think about this dilemma? We, we love the gun deer season. We love hunting in general in Wisconsin, a state like Wisconsin, but we have less people doing it. So in your mind, how do we fix this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it really starts with the generational aspect of deer hunting. And one of the things I was really encouraged about, give me a little hope after writing the column, you know, kind of talking in part about not only the joys of deer hunting, but the ways in which it's becoming kind of a disappearing way of life. I heard from so many people who were pointing to the next generation. I got photos of grandpas and dads and sons and daughters, you know, I mean, three, four generations sitting around a table at deer camp. And it really is about the focus on the next generation. You know, there are there are all kinds of barriers to getting kids out there in the woods. Um, but the, the greatest kind of fountainhead of more of that is just the next generation focusing on it. There's a lot of people who hunted when they were kids who just maybe kind of fell away from it. But you know what? They could pay a couple bucks and get a license and get out there with their kid. And it's the kind of thing that can come back if we really focus on making sure that you know, that next generation is learning about it and the value of it and what it can teach them. And I, I noticed in the piece that you talked about your nephews, Roman and Paxton, at the ages of seven and six. I think that's a key point because it's not just introducing to people that are maybe teenagers who can hunt, but at least exposing them to the idea of the hunt, some of the traditions, some of the practices and the things you have to do. And you, you mentioned that you have to keep them quiet as you were, uh, you know, going about your hunting. So that, that early exposure, I think, is a big part of the answer here. It really is. And I've got some happy news to report. Last year they needed a reminder about every step to pick up the boots <laughs> right. and set them down soft and whisper. And, you know, this morning um, I went out with Roman and Paxton and their older brother, who he's old enough to carry a gun. He's been hunting for a number of years. They're young enough they don't yet. And we explain to them they need to take hunter safety and things that are important to our family to make sure they have good, safe hunt. But I didn't have to remind them to be quiet. They were picking up their feet. They were being careful. They were telling me about, oh, you know, we're seeing squirrel over here. That means we're being quiet. Maybe we'll see a deer, you know. And so you see every year, you see the progress, and, and you see the meaning of it to them. You know, they're looking up not just to me and my dad and my sister, their mother, but they're looking up to their 14-year-old brother. And he's kind of becoming a legend in front of their eyes every time he shoots a deer. And it, it really... Uh, shows them what they can do. That's one of the stories that I've been trying to focus on is it's not just about the hunting. There's the camaraderie. I interviewed one of our fellow deer camp members, and, and, I, and I talked to other hunters uh, over over last weekend. It's That part of it is one of the ways you can bring more people in. And, and at some point, even if someone's not a hunter, I have a brother-in-law who didn't start hunting until he was in, in his late 30s. He was exposed to it and, and said, oh, my goodness, I love this this sport, this activity, and now he's hooked. Yeah, I'll tell you, some people are intimidated by it, and they may not like guns, or they may have different opinions of it, but I'll tell you, there's nobody more welcoming than a family of hunters wanting to bring people into the sport, or you go down to your local rod and gun club, walk in there, I guarantee you, you will see a friendly face saying, how you doing, what can I do for you, and if you don't know anything about it, they'll show you, because it really is a way of life, you know this, Steve, I mean, it's not just a weekend activity, but it's, it's a big part of rural culture, big part of culture for people who don't live in rural areas, but love wild places, 
Uh, it's part of the way people feed themselves. It's recreation. Mm-hmm. It's a sport. It's you learn values, you know. And I mean, just think about this: you got a kid who grew up, and let's say their dad played basketball in high school. Now they're growing up; they want to play basketball. And all of a sudden, somebody tells them, "Hey, basketball is bad. Basketball is evil. Basketball is dangerous. Basketball is all these things." Imagine what that does to that kid. Now do the reverse of that: get more involved. Get people engaged in it. And it's really something that's so much more than just an activity. It's, it, again, it's a pastime. It's a way of life. It's a part of our culture here in Wisconsin that I think is, is worth preserving. And the values are definitely worth preserving. I know you're involved with a family farm, and I, I interviewed and visited a family farm in Washington County last week in Slinger. And the deer hunt is part of that reality as well. They actually, on, on the opening weekend, they gathered together. I think there was like 15 or 16 members and they harvest these deer for a couple of reasons. One, the venison. Two, the camaraderie. And, and three, they also protect their crops from all the deer that sometimes eat their crops. So there's a reality there that I think farmer families and farms have to face that maybe other people aren't thinking about. Yeah, you bet. I think that's right. And also, you know, farmers are the best conservationists. I mean, the truth is that people who care about the environment and other issues, wonderful. Collaborate with a hunting group. Even if you don't hunt, you'll find no better organization that has more motivation, more know-how about the outdoors, and more willingness and interest to work with you on preserving or cleaning up a river or restoring a habitat, whatever the case may be. They're doing that work themselves. Why? Because they depend upon having good habitats to have the wildlife they want to hunt. And they know that if the wildlife suffer too much, their hunting will suffer. So hunting is conservation to good hunters. And it's really an area where there's a lot of room for collaboration for people who aren't hunters to meet their interests with resources and time and bodies of people who are willing to pitch in with that kind of stuff. I know you've been hunting for a while, even though you're a young guy. What's what's one of your favorite, um, either a harvest story or, or a gun deer season story that you can share? You know, uh, other than the one with Paxton and Roman where I harvested the first deer that they'd ever saw, which was a doe, and I'm more proud of that than any other buck, the, the story that I'm most proud of is, you know, my grandpa, I've been, I've been, I'm 39. I've been hunting for 25, over 25 years. And my grandpa, um, he passed on to me his stand. And for years he was in the military. He served in World War II. And to me, I, I can't imagine him missing a shot in his life. I'm sure he did, but I never saw it. And he passed the, uh, the stand along to me when he got too old. And he always wanted to hear how deer season went. And, you know, he couldn't get out there anymore. But he always wanted to hear. And uh, the first year after uh, he let me hunt there, I had a, I had a big, 10 pointer come out of the woods and I shot it and I brought the antlers back to him. And, you know, him seeing those antlers is one of the last conversations we had before he really went downhill. And uh, one of the last moments where I really talked to him and, and it was him was talking about that, that uh, buck and getting the opportunity for him to know that I'd carried his spot on. And it's just, boy, it's more than a piece of land. It's more than a tree stand at that point. I know you're going back and forth between Wisconsin and California. How are you liking California? Well, you know, it took me a couple months to get through all the different regulations, but it's a <laughs> right. beautiful place. Yes. Beautiful place. The outdoors there, and they've got bear hunting. They've got elk hunting. Um, something I figured out recently is I've got a good little squirrel hunting spot an hour away from where we live. We live in a small little town up in the hills in Northern California. So, you know, working through the red tape is one thing, but we hear the coyotes at night, and we see wild turkeys in the morning, and I'm starting to navigate my way out there. And it really gives an opportunity, you know, when we have kids, um, to be able to let them see wild places out there and, and be connected. And for me, it's about being connected with back home when I'm able to do that in California as well. So we're faring pretty good, um, and, and I'd be lying if I said that hunting wasn't a big part of that for me personally. Brian Reisinger, uh, last thing. So the, I don't know if you wrote the, the title of your piece, Wisconsin Deer Hunting is Dying. Can we save it? Yes, we can.
Yes, we can. Now, I saw the hunt was down again this year. Yeah, uh, I think weather had something to do with that. Yeah, weather had something to do with that. You know, the other thing is that farmers were rushing to get their corn off, my dad included, but it was a it was a tough year earlier in the True. year, so things were dry. Yep. And so there's a lot of standing corn. But, no, we absolutely can. I mean, there are parts of the country and there are animals that have captured people's fascination where hunting is on the rise in pockets. So we can absolutely do that. And all we got to do is uh, is focus on the kids. It sounds trite. It sounds like a cliche. It's just one of those simple things that would just happen to work. Always love our conversations. Next time we'll talk about some politics. You're a public affairs consultant and uh, and a friend. I always appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for talking about this issue as well. And have a great Thanksgiving. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Take care. Absolutely. Brian Reisinger from Platform Communications. He is a public affairs consultant and a hunter and uh, part of my Wisconsin Hunter series.